AviationPros.com is the portal website for AMT, airport business, and ground support worldwide magazines. Visit daily for breaking news, industry blogs, and insightful articles from our magazine's editorial team. And don't forget to sign up for our publication's daily e-newsletters. It's all at AviationPros.com. Hello and welcome to the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Josh Smith, editor of Ground Support Worldwide Magazine, and today we're recording this episode from the IATA Ground Handling Conference taking place in Paris, France. And joining me on today's episode is Nick Kareen, the Senior Vice President for Operations, Safety, and Security. Nick, thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure. Well, Nick, obviously there's a lot of uh, key uh, issues to discuss as it relates to the ground handling industry, but uh, chief among them is the uh, labor issue taking place uh, across the industry. And I know um, we, there's already been a session that's addressed that issue, and it's been a topic that's uh, you know kind of taken place for, for quite a while, um, kind of as the, the pandemic has had its effect on the industry. And um, speaking of that panel that's kicked off the show earlier, there's kind of three components to uh, addressing the labor issue, and that's recruiting labor, onboarding labor, and then uh, retaining the uh, the employees once they've been brought on board. So if we looked at those phases of the, the, the labor issue here, um, starting with recruiting, where might efforts be best spent in terms of drawing people to the industry? Is it bringing back previous uh, employees who maybe have that experience or targeting new folks who might be able to uh, serve some of the needs the industry has? Well, I, I guess it has to be both. You know, you would hope. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, airlines and ground service providers uh, and airports for that matter did hang on to as many people as they could. But clearly during the pandemic being as severe as it was, that ne- never materialized in being able to keep everybody. So for sure you would first and foremost go after people who have experience. Um, but you're also going to have to start to find ways to attract new talent into, uh, into, this, uh, into this business. And it's not easy because at the moment anyway, everybody's hiring. So that makes it even more challenging. And we're also targeting a generation now that may have different interests than perhaps some uh, would have had in the past. So we need to be a little bit more uh, creative in terms of showing what that attraction may be, why uh, someone would want to join this industry. What are the benefits of joining this industry? Uh, you know, pr- different programs around apprenticeship. Uh, you know, I think another another uh, creative way would also be uh, around career mapping. This industry is known for being able to uh, to move within it, probably better than any other industry that exists. Uh, I'm a prime example of that. I started at a ground level job as a crew scheduler back in 1994, and I managed to uh, to work my way up within the organizations, anybody can do that. But being able to illustrate that that's possible would also be very attractive to, uh, to help bring in more talent. I have no doubt we will get them. It's just at the moment uh, everybody's hiring and, it's, uh, and I think we're, we have a good problem that the recovery's a little faster than we expected it would be. You mentioned how we might need to uh, attract some new people with new uh, abilities. Uh, obviously, the industry is changing also, um, so maybe there are some opportunities there that didn't previously exist for um, new members of the workforce. Well, it's, it's changing, but not changing fast enough. And so, you know, as much as I'd like to think that things are going to change rapidly in terms of the increased use of automation and some of the other things that are at top of mind for, for the industry to start to embrace, uh, the fact of the matter is we're going to be doing things traditionally for a little while longer than, uh, so, you know, at, at 
showing a pathway to, to, to the fact that it is going to change certainly would help and entice uh, certain people. But as we, uh, as we move in the medium term, in terms of the hiring process, we will need to hire in terms of what we need for the types of jobs that, as they will change, because they, they're definitely going to change. There is no doubt about that. When it comes to the introduction of autonomous vehicles, the increased use of automation and robotics, and even the, even the introduction of artificial intelligence will change the way the ground uh, is managed in the future, for sure. And then the uh, second component that we alluded to at the beginning of the podcast here is the the onboarding challenges that come with new hires and how you know the the amount of time required to get somebody trained and through security clearances have increased. Um, first of all, what's causing that delay in onboarding, and you know what remedies uh, you know could be applied to 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 fix it? Well, the uh, you know sarcastically, I think that. In some in some ways, the governments have uh, not hired back the people that are required to do these jobs fast enough either. Uh, I think there's a bit of that. I think there's a volume uh, issue that nobody anticipated. Um, you know, on average, from you know three to six weeks to six, three to six months, uh, depending on, on where uh, where in the world we're talking about, is not sustainable. Will we get past this? We certainly will get past this. But there's going to be a lot of pain, uh, which we're seeing in some locations already as a result of uh, of this onboarding process taking too long. Um, to put a finger on one one specific issue, there isn't one. There's just too many of them. Uh, but I think the biggest problem is volume and lack of resources on the on the government side to clear them. And then on top of that is the lack of standards uh, that exist between one location from another. Uh, not a, not one country does this the same way. And one would need to ask themselves why is that? And it certainly is an area that we can that we need to focus on as we move forward. And then addressing the employee retention challenge, of course, um, you've already alluded to uh, career roadmaps and the ability to work your way up the, the, the ladder, so to speak, here, and technology is going to play a role in that, too. But uh, with those two things in mind, you know, what else beyond that can help keep people um, really engaged in this industry? Well, I think one, uh, one concept that I, I truly believe has a significant uh, part to play in this in the future is uh, the concept of training passports and a standardized training program, uh, which allow for someone to train in a certain location in the world, but that be able to take their credentials with them and for those to be recognized in other locations. It would be able to illustrate the ability of movement of the workforce, because there's a quite a bit of movement in, in this industry in terms of, of that, especially on the front line and the ground operations area. And so having that, those credentials that travel with you and standardized training approach will definitely help in, uh, in the future in terms of allowing for a better retention. Uh, retention will always be there because it's just the nature of the job. And you know, if we're talking about career path, we won't be hiring a, not everyone is meant to be a career ground operator. They're meant to come in and start other positions. So uh, we, we need to be prepared for some turnover, but where it is today is just not sustainable. Um, you know, also, as I mentioned about the new technologies, that will be help. Uh, will definitely help because it's not just about throwing bags, and the perception of of the of that the job being just that uh, is a bit erroneous. So we have, we do have some messaging uh, that we definitely need to uh, to demystify this role and also show where it's going uh, in terms of uh, a change in 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 the uh, traditional sort of work that was uh, would be considered ground operations in the past. 
we've touched on some of the equipment technology that's uh, kind of emerging in the market here as well, but in terms of both recruitment, uh, drawing attention to the industry, making it appealing to those on the outside, and then you know having the right tools for the job for the people working in the industry and encouraging them to stick around, you know, how does the GSE used on the ramp fit into this equation of, uh, you know, kind of helping the, the labor force? Well, I think in the, in the immediate term, there's, there's, a, there's a few things that could be done that uh, uh, you know, standardized uh, equipment. Uh, one example that comes to mind when you ask me that question would be um, the uh, automatic stops uh, on some GSE equipment around the aircraft. Um, and uh, being standardized and uh, being implemented on equipment from a certain date forward uh, and a retroactive requirement for, from a certain date uh, onward, um, you know, because it would save, it would pay for itself in, in damages. And um, that technology already exists, but we are, we are hesitant to implement it. And I don't know if it's because the GSE companies uh, don't want to uh, incur the expense or the, or the ground service providers and airlines don't want to pay uh, the additional cost in the equipment. But we need to resolve those things. So I think that the uh, GSE service providers need to step outside of the traditional comfort zone and start, imp start looking at building equipment that is going to address some of the challenges that we have, which will help in turn help airlines and ground service providers build the business cases they need for the investment. And that could be bridges, which we talked about in an earlier session today. Uh, automatic, automatic bridging is there, the standards are set, we just don't have the equipment in place to do it. Um, and pushback tractors uh, is the same thing. Uh, more more auto autonomy, uh, more autonomous vehicles, more robotics, it can be done. But I think the GSE manufacturers have a significant role to play by le helping lead the industry in that direction. One final thought before we let you go. Um, it's been a unique set of circumstances given everything that's gone on in the world, but we had an IATA ground handling conference you know, just a few months ago in Prague, and now we're back meeting here once again. I know traditionally there's a, you know, a full year between meetings, but given all the things going on around uh, the airline industry and aviation as a whole, you know, what benefits um, might we realize from getting together again so soon after the last meeting? Well, they're not the same meetings at all. Having been at both, it, the, the one in Prague was like uh, everybody showed up. Uh, it, you know, it was a little smaller than this one. This one is back to what we probably consider normal in terms of participation. Um, and it was we weren't fully restarted. There were still lots of places uh, where the businesses was just beginning to uh, to resume. Uh, and some places were hadn't resumed at all, so a lot of discussion was around uh, getting started, restarting, and now we're in the middle of it. And so I, there's definitely a different feel, and it's definitely more of a discussion around, you know, a lot of people have been making, uh, finding ways to do things online. We all have, uh, uh, when it comes to, you know, the ground handling side, a lot of contractual negotiations have taken place online, but you, you can do that but there's still a requirement to see each other face to face and this is where uh, events like this allow for ground service providers, airlines, airports to get together uh, at least uh, on a periodic basis to see each other face to face because I think we probably won't ever go back to what it used to be like but it's certainly a requirement that needs to happen sometimes. All right, well, very good. I uh, appreciate the time, Nick. Thanks so much for the insight, uh, particularly in regards to the, uh, the labor issues around ground handling. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. 
Uh, thank you very much again. Our guest has been Nick Kareen from IATA. And for more information and news from the IATA Ground Handling Conference, be sure to visit aviationpros.com, particularly the IATA Ground Handling Conference Industry Event e-guide. And for the latest updates, news, and articles surrounding the aviation industry, continue to visit aviationpros.com.